inescapable love puns. I'm dead. <laughs> we have to stop this podcast. Well, this book causes Satanism. What is left for us to rant about? There is nothing straight about Plum Velvet. <laughs> you shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. <laughs> Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person. I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about <laughs> Harry Potter. Hello, and welcome to The Gaily Prophet, a podcast where we have a very special episode for you today because Jesse and friend of the pod Theo sat down with our new friend Tanner Wilson to play the cutest role playing game you've ever heard of. So Tanner Wilson is a Slytherin game designer and trans woman who has created a wizard school tabletop RPG called Magic School Mystery, and she was kind enough to play the game on the record with Jesse and Theo. Um, I was not there for the recording. I had not heard the recording prior to going to edit it, and I cannot tell you how delighted I was by everything that I experienced uh, listening to it for the first time. And I feel very confident that you all will feel that same delight when you listen to this episode. And obviously the links to get the game will be in the show notes. So you should definitely check that out. Um, A few more things. I am not doing great emotionally and physically so we are going to be taking a few weeks off of releasing regular episodes Uh, but we do have some special things in store for you one of them is in the past last week on the escape from reality feed i put together a an audio hug, a supercut episode of all of the most tender and wonderful moments from our uh, interviews with Chuck Tingle. And it's just really, really lovely. It felt really nice to create. And I think you will all really enjoy hearing it. So if you don't listen to Escape from Reality, just hop on over to that feed and give it a listen. Um... And then speaking of Chuck Tingle, we're doing a bit of Halloween in December slash gifty things um, because our podcast birthday is on New Year's Day. So in honor of both our birthday and Halloween in December, we are releasing an episode on December 27th about Chuck Tingle's horror novel, Straight, where we will both be talking about the book and talking to Chuck about the book in the same episode. Uh, You don't need to read it if you don't like horror. That's totally fine. Um, Jesse will give you a rundown. The episode won't be scary. Any times that we talk about, you know, potentially triggery stuff, we will give a skip ahead warning so it'll be safe for everyone. Yeah, so you have that to look forward to. And I guess speaking of our birthday, a little reminder that we are trying to hit 400 positive iTunes reviews by our birthday. So if you haven't left us one yet, please do. And thank you so much to the folks that have left us reviews since uh, last time we made this request a few weeks ago. So Garlic Bread, Purple Heart, uh, Lolly Loves His Lodcasts, and 142578537. Thank you all so much for these lovely reviews. We really appreciate it. Um, and that means we're three reviews closer to hitting 400. What a 
how special would it be? 400 reviews on our fourth birthday. That's so neat and would would feel really great. And then also in honor of Halloween in December and um, this time of Yule, we are putting out an episode on the Gay Pirate podcast feed where we will be talking about the movie, What We Do in the Shadows. If you didn't know it was a movie or if you didn't know about it at all, um, it's Taika Waititi and Reese Darby being real goofy in this like vampire werewolf mockumentary. It's very silly and fun and um, a little gross, but not scary. And again, you don't have to watch it to want to listen to us talk about it. So if you're not following the Gay Pirate podcast, you'll want to check that feed on the 21st for that little gifty. And I think that's it. I've been talking for a really long time. You probably are like, Lark, that's enough. We want to listen to this episode. And I agree with you. So I'm going to be done now. Just starting us off with this game, you have both of our character sheets. I have. So it's very exciting. Good job making the characters. So we have Theophilus, Cedar Shake, and Mercury Brimstone. I love them both. And so I think we would do is uh, we'll kind of, when we get into it, we'll, I'm going to, this is going to be an opportunity to introduce the characters as a story. I'll like, you know, have you guys talk about how you became fast friends and like describe your characters as we enter into the story um, with like, you know, your first class at wizard school. Uh, but I want to, I'm going to have a start by doing some quick, like personalization of our magic school. So I'm going to ask you a few questions and you get to answer them and basically make up some things about our school, which... I'm going to call Pigmark's School of Enchantment. And it's basically... <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so it's kind of basically Hogwarts, but we'll figure it out as we go. And, it's, you know, it's a very casual thing. We're just doing, like, yes and role play. And we're basically writing fan fiction. Perfect. And I'll teach the game as we go. We're probably not going to be able to, like, finish an entire mystery. But we'll, we'll get into it and you'll get to experience kind of what it's like being in match school and like it's going to get its legs a bit. Nice. Well, welcome to wizard school, students. Before we jump into your first year, uh, we're going to make our cast. Now, usually in the game, it's a bit more involved process. We're going to do it really quick. And so I have a list of prompts to ask you some questions. And these questions are divided into three categories. Castle locations, magical features, and school traditions. And I get to write them down on the castle sheet I have in front of me. Um, so let's see. I think let's start with Theo. Theo, could you warn us about the dangerous location students are forbidden to go? Ah, uh, yes. Let's see. On the third floor, down a very dark corridor, there is a broom closet that has a interplanetary dimension portal uh, in the back of it. And while it should be secured well, that's just not how our school rolls. So (laughs) that's wonderful. It's pretty shoddy. And if you fall in, there's very little hope you're coming out. (laughs) One must be very careful. Yes. About those things. Oh, I love it. So we have a third floor broom closet that has an interdimensional portal for the unfortunate and possible and clumsy. Um, all right, next. Let's see, we're going to do a magical feature. Could you describe to us the magical feature that impresses first years, 
but annoys upperclassmen. Um, all right. The tile that covers all of the floors in the entire school can speed up to shove students close to get closer to class. They are not late, which the first years are very grateful for, and everyone else is fucking irritated by it. So it's like a conveyor belt. It's like a conveyor belt that you didn't ask for. Conveyor belt with an attitude. I love that. That's amazing. I bet the faculty love that. (laughs) They sure do. All right. And now I'm going to answer a question, because I'm a player too, uh, even though I'm also the game runner, uh, about magic or school traditions. Let's see. So... I'm going to warn you about the daunting tradition all first years must perform. And it is tradition that first years climb the tallest tower and touch the weather vane on the top of it. It's kind of it's like a like a hazing thing or like a where it's like if you don't do it they kind of like you're kind of bullied a bit. It's probably not very healthy, but like it's considered like by the end of your first year, you have to have gone out onto the tallest tower and like tagged the weather vane. I imagine Pig's Mark doesn't care about health and safety. <laughs> no, not really. I don't think they do. And I'm assuming you mean climbing the outside and not just walking up a like really long spiral staircase. Well, I think you can like... walk up the spiral staircase, but then you have to like get out of the tower. That's fair. Yeah, crawling on a roof doesn't of a very tall tower seems like a terrible idea. That is a terrible idea when you're a teenager. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sounds like a great idea. I'm having sad flashbacks to Bran in Game of Thrones. Poor little dude. <laughs> oh, oh no! Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be climbing on those walls. For our Pigmart School of Enchantment, uh, there's a floor, third floor broom closet that's inter, has an interdimensional portal. The floor tiles speed up to make sure people are not late for class. And it's a tradition to climb the tallest tower and touch the weather vane before the end of the year for the first years. Well, wonderful. So, your first glance, first look at Pig's Mark, you get, it's most notable, the most notable thing are the towers, almost like a forest. There are barely any buildings, it's just towers with bridges connecting them. And then the smell of magic hits you. Potion ingredients, concentrated areas of spell casting. There's a very potent odor that goes with it. And you, the first years, are ushered in to the largest tower in the center of the school, which has it's a sort of great hall. There's tons of benches and all the schools line up there and assembled. And there is a stern witch who has warts on her beard. And she explains that uh, you need to, she's going to call you up one at a time by name and have you gaze into the basin that sits at the far end of the hall, which kind of reflects this magical energy from it. And you can see it shimmering on the ceiling like you would see it, like a water going back and forth, but almost like a projector. And this witch, who uh, is called Headmistress Warts with a Z, explains that you will see your future in this basin. If the school accepts you. If you do not see your future, then you have to go home. Now, the future, she explains, can be very vague or unpredictable or could be extremely specific. So I would like you to, uh, let's start with uh, 
She's going to call it Mercury Brimstone. So Mercury, would you like to describe what you look like as you walk up to the basin and then kind of tell us what you see? Because you do see things, because you are in fact witches and wizards and other forms of magic, magic people. And so you do belong here. All right. Well, Mercury Brimstone is a adorable, baby-faced, trembling young woman who is freaked out of her mind, not only because of new school jitters, and she is walking through this cavernous space of both stone and wood, like it is some medieval hall of sorts. And when she looks into the stone basin that is covered in runes and symbols of all kinds, it's sort of a weird, swirly, almost mist over a lake effect. And she sees a series of images, uh, a crystal ball falling onto a floor and shattering along with a deep voice screaming her name as she is running. And then she sees her own hand under, it looks like the rain and then the rain stopping as if it was a paused DVD. An ominous portent indeed. Mm hmm. You are greeted with applause as the basin flashes the colors of acceptance and the school knows that you may take your seat with them. She gives everyone an awkward thumbs up, <laughs> which gets a, a, an, a scattering of laughter. Headmistress Wards then calls up, after, well, after a myriad of students in the line, calls up Theophilus Cedarshake. Uh, it takes Theophilus a moment because, you know, all this waiting around makes him rather impatient. So he's been just kind of looking and seeing all the sights, but then it catches on that, oh, wait, that's me. Um, I will describe him as a short, cheery lad. Um, Jesse, I actually drew a mock-up of the boy head I never had. <laughs> to the blue glasses with pink and white polka dots or I don't even know all over them. Um I'm in love with the like 90s uh laser background like a listeners. We will have this in the show notes so you too can enjoy. Based on a real life photo of me around the same age, cheesing it up. Oh my god. As Theophilus would be to be at this magical school. So he struts up kind of confidently, uh, gazes over into this magical, a magical basin of sorts, and immediately his glasses fog. Oh, <laughs> he takes a second, wipes them off on his shirt, and then peers back in deeply, holding his breath that something will appear to him. And after a few seconds, it does. He sees a giant portrait of what appears to be himself hanging in a endless hallway where all the lights have gone dim 
yet there is some kind of tick, tick, tick noise that is getting louder and louder as he watches. And then there's a flash of light, and that's all. Goodness. You were also greeted with acceptance. And perhaps you go sit next to each other. Perhaps you don't. Maybe you're a few kids away from each other. But you do sit next, uh, very very close to a, a drab and gothic-looking girl with, with long black hair, just super straight, goes down to her, like, knees. Um, and she's actually, actually, she'll turn over and extend a hand out to you, Mercury, and says, and says, pleasure to make your acquaintance. I'm Dower, Drusilla Dower. <laughs> and she looks at you expectantly with all the, um, pomp of someone who was raised in um, riches and knows the fire things in life. All right. Um, Mercury's brain short circuits because this is clearly the goth babe of her dreams, but she (laughs) somehow manages to stutter out her name and refrains from asking her if she's seen the 1993 version of the Addams Family. <laughs> oh, well played. <laughs> now, um Theophilus, you're sitting next to um a short first year, a uh, bull cut um has wide eyes. Like this is a kid that is apparently only ever drank coffee in his life. Um, and he turns to you all excited. He loves being here. He's heard all about pig marks and he's just so excited and he's going on naming all these facts. And he even kind of like says, well, have you, have you heard the rumor of the monster last year? It, there was this strange beast that appears when the mist fills the halls. Do you think we'll see it this year? Oh, man. First off, Theophilus is envious of the bull cut of his dreams. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and after a momentary distraction, really focuses in and meets the same excitement. Like, oh boy, I do hope that we will see this monster. I wonder what it looks like. I wonder what it likes to eat. I wonder how, how you can become its friend. And they continue <laughs> to have very animated chatter about it. Well, that's lovely. Um, this boy offers about three different ideas of what the monster might look like, but it's apparent like no one actually really knows if the monster even exists at all. Uh, Headmistress Swartz will take the stage and will greet everyone, giving the traditional start-of-year speech, the rules laying things out. And then she calls for a cart to be wheeled to her. On this cart, there is something draped in black velvet, a strange thing, and a hush will go across the hall, wondering what's inside it. And she informs you that they're pleased to announce that this year, the Broom Ball Tournament will finally be held again after the incident five years ago. We're going to try it again. Hopefully, you're mature enough to have this privilege. And she excitedly lifts the uh, velvet off what presumably might be a trophy 
to find nothing there. And she gasps, and some of the professors kind of like talk amongst themselves. For the students who are familiar with this, that was the Broombog Trophy. And now it is gone. It is missing. This might be the mystery you need to solve. Is there anything that you want to say to each other or do before we turn the page and we kind of wrap up the little final bit of like the uh, preamble to the school year? I turn around to Theophilus to be like, ask him if it's a dragon. Is the monster a dragon? Uh, again, Theophilus is somewhere starry-eyed gazing at all of the things happening before he realizes someone's talking to him. And he turns to Mercury and says, ooh, a dragon would be nice. And then they both chitter-chatter under their breath while, you know, there's still, like, unsettledness happening uh, in the hall. Um, but it seems like a fast friendship is afoot. Woohoo! Achievement unlocked. All right. <laughs> Indeed. Because as you go through your first week of school, I was going to ask you, what, ha- what event makes you fast friends? So you've already kind of, you talked about dragons, but what, you've, you've just gone out of your first class, uh, which is uh, curses and counter curses. And between then and the end of the first week of school, Like, what's the catalyst that makes you fast friends? I imagine it would have something to do with cats. Yes. It's true, because uh, isn't Mercury Brimstone always losing their cat? Yes. Uh, Mercury has a ginormous, fluffy, long-haired, black and gray cat that just disappears all of the time because it looks like Shadow, essentially. And everyone is like, are you sure you even have a cat? <laughs> because no one has no one has seen this cat. Yeah. And I'm sure initially, maybe Mercury's feeling a little bad, like people don't believe her about this cat. But then Theophilus, when going to feed his toaster-sized rhino, finds <laughs> that Mercury's cat has formed an unlikely friendship. <laughs> and they are cuddled up. <laughs> At the foot of his bed. That is a yes. wonderful picture. A toaster-sized rhino cuddling a shadowy cat that to most does not exist. That's a wonderful way to become fast friends. And so you've you've kind of connected over this cat, and you you have potions class next. You're getting ready because the bell's going to ring when um, Mercury... You reach into your bag, and there's something there that shouldn't be. There's a red envelope. Well, I'll say it's actually pink. Pink envelope with a black heart sealing it. Heart-shaped black seal on it. And it definitely wasn't there when you packed this morning. Mercury is going to freak out for a second because do witches celebrate Valentine's Day? Has she forgotten something important? Was it not in this in the syllabus that's up to you do do we celebrate valentine's day at pick marks no (laughs) at least not not in the way that other schools celebrate valentine's day so once that irrational panic is over she 
disappears into the gender-neutral bathrooms, into a stall, to carefully open up this letter with a slender dagger that is part of the school supplies for potions class. And the letter opens up, and the words read themselves to you. It is a love poem. Tragic and overly dramatic. It's up to you if you find it charming. But it talks about how beautiful they think your mind is and how handsome they find your style. So this is uh, a mysterious event. When mysterious events occur, I'm going to hold this up for you guys to see, but I guess the folks listening won't be able to see it. This is the mystery sheet. When mysterious events occur, I'm going to ask you a leading question about that event, and I'm going to write down the mystery sheet. What you can do is, as you start, as we continue to play, if if your characters end up investigating these questions, and you do so successfully, you get to make up the answer out of character to the question, and that is going. And then, as we go down, and this, for the uh, listeners, there's like a, it's almost like a, um, a like a skill tree or like a tier list, where your answers have to reference something previously on the mystery sheet. And by doing that, it kind of forms a triangle and we figure out the mystery together. Now, don't worry. Any answer you say is great because we're going to make it work. So you don't have, don't concern yourself with, does it make sense? It's, we're going to find out how it makes sense. So I'm writing down who's sending the romantic letters. Now, I think we are going to jump in to the school year proper. You've done your first week of school. You learned a few spells. In fact, why don't we go ahead and tell the folks what spells you've already picked up? All right, I have picked up Babala Bistara, which allows me to speak with an animal, but gains its worst fear for a short time, which I have already practiced on my cat <laughs> and now have an irrational fear of the veterinarian. <laughs> I think that's wonderful. I look forward to see how how you how it becomes a tool or how you use it. How about you, Theophilus? Yes. I will probably butcher this incantation pronunciation, but I will go with Tella Akumo which magnifies my vision, but then I gain tunnel vision on an odd goal until its completion, which I like to call life of my every day. But... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hashtag is it magic or ADHD? (laughs) Just relatable. Just resonated. What can I say? (laughs) (laughs) Oh... Now, you will have the opportunity to learn more spells as you go. Um, And specifically, these spells that they've chosen are from a a list of suggestions, but you can make up your own spells. And I think you will find as you start to investigate, you're going to have some very specific problems that need some very specific answers. And just like the Harry Potter series, spells in this tend to be very, um, you know, very soft magic and very, uh, um, it's very lucky when they show up. And then you might never use them again. Um, <laughs> you've just had your last class of the day. 
of the week effect. And your teacher, Mrs. Starcast, who happens, she teaches charms, but she actually happens to be a retired famous broomball player known as Betwixt Starcast, has just given you homework and she's sent you out for the day. And this is the stage where the play really begins. We divide scenes and things that you do in this game into chapters that you get to pick. So I'm, I have a list for you and I'm gonna read it out to you, but also if you have the um, rule book open in the PDF, I can tell you which page to go to. Yeah, page 52. It's next to the heading, Magic School Days chapter. So, if we were playing together in real life, I would pass you a wand. And that wand means that you're the chapter, uh, you're the wand holder, which means you get to pick the chapter. And chapters just kind of tell me where you want the story to move. And exactly. I see you have a wand, Theo. <laughs> <laughs> I come prepared. Yes. <laughs> and there's... Five types of chapters you can pick as uh, student characters. There's Magic School Days. And you pick Magic School Days if you want to learn more spells and kind of have a slice of life moment. There's Spot of Research. You pick that chapter if you've been trying to accomplish a task but kind of failing at it, so you need to go back and like learn more stuff to reapply yourself. There's Mashing Mischief which reduces the trouble you're getting in because to investigate the mystery and do anything in the school, you might find yourself getting lots of trouble. The more trouble you get into, the more likely you get into detention. And there's late night investigation, which is great for answering questions on the mystery sheet and solving the mystery. And finally, fireside speculation, where you get to add your own influence into what the mystery is. Now, don't worry too much about these chapters. You'll pick them, and then the narrative will happen in them and around them, and it'll pick up and move from there. So, Theo, would you like to pick a chapter? It really doesn't. You can pick anything you like, and we'll work with it. I mean, I feel like let's get to the late-night investigation. (laughs) I think that is a good idea. So as the wand holder, you have some responsibilities. You're going to decide where the student characters are when the chapter begins, because we're playing over the course of an entire school year. Things can move quickly. You also get to tell us how much in-game time has passed, but you decide, you decide where we are when the chapter starts. You decide how much in-game time has passed, and you can declare a goal that a student characters can accomplish during this chapter. And it can be anything. It really doesn't have to be... Um, that important and you can make it you just make up something okay one more time so where we are yeah let's start with where with the where are we when the uh late night investigation chapter picks up well i believe we are in a lounging area lots of poofy velvet cushions around i've got some incense a blowing, <laughs> making some people sneeze, but also getting a little tired. Um, you know, there's some people that are too dedicated to their studies, working hard over in the corner. Bunch of nerds. Yeah, and then there's Mercury and I, <laughs> I don't know, up to no good, chatting away, <laughs> waiting till the last minute on things. 
we we have sequestered two tall velvet wingback chairs in a corner with a small table between us in order to discuss the mystery. That's lovely. So how much in-game time has passed between now and the last scene we had, Theo? I would say four and one quarter hours. <laughs> Excellent. And would you like to declare a goal for the student characters this chapter? It can be it can be meta as in we want to we want to explore the kitchen, or or like you know for a mystery, or it can be like my character wants to finish their homework. Ah, uh, I hear there's an interdimensional portal hidden somewhere in these halls. Do you want to go looking for it? <laughs> I do. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's lovely. It is, of course, curfew quite soon. In fact, you only have five more minutes before um, it's, it's, you know, it's stick to your common rooms, lights out. But I doubt that would deter you. Now, you're, I think you had her at the portals on the third floor. I think we probably pick up your cat and shield ourselves so that we also appear shadowed <laughs> and start shuffling out the door. <laughs> Well, we can only hope that will work. Um, <laughs> it's a large cat. I think we're fine. It's a very big cat. <laughs> so on the banister of the stairwell heading to the third floor, you're almost there to look around when in the silence of the castle, you hear footfalls coming towards you. They are quick and purposeful. And if you don't act soon, they will round the corner and maybe see you. What do you do? Thankfully, right before us, along the wall, is a ginormous floor-to-ceiling tapestry of unicorns in a field who seem to be battling some armored knights. And the knights, of course, are losing. So... In a flash of inspiration, Mercury grabs Theophilus's hand, and we hide behind the uh, tapestry and hope that no one notices. Okay. Well, we will see as you shuffle behind the tapestry and the footfalls enter into the stairwell. Let's see, Mercury, do you have dice near you. Do you have a 10-sided dice? If not, I can send you a link to it. I do not have a 10-sided dice. No worry. Slacker. <laughs> I know, I need to nerd, nerd, nerd cred uh, revoked. I know. <laughs> Alright, no worries. I'm going to send it in chat. It's just a link to the Google dice roller. Perfect. And it should already be on a 10-sided dice, uh, but if not, you can just click the little button. It is. Alright, Perfect. So if you could go ahead and roll that for me. Oh, I've rolled a five. Okay, so here's how it works. When you're rolling dice, you need a eight or higher to succeed without a complication. That's very difficult. But you've rolled a, you've rolled, you roll less than a seven. And so we kind of try to figure out if you used any magic to accomplish your task or not. And we, ha we haven't used magic. So what that means, because you did not use magic and you rolled less than a seven... That means that no student character, including yourself, can accomplish this task of being unseen by the approaching person by non-magical means. All right. 
so that we know that that's a fact of the world at this moment. And so the footsteps stop right next to yours. They might be peeking out just a bit behind, behind the curtain. And it's thrown open. And there, standing in front of you, is Professor Starcast. In a, um, in a stylish, sporty nightgown. Um, and she kind of gives you, like, looks you over quite surprised. And immediately kind of, like, bumbles into, well, what on earth are you doing here? You should be in bed. Uh, don't be out and about. You could, you could be dangerous. And then, before you can respond, she kind of moves in close to you and says, You didn't see anything, did you? Because we can work this out. I swear it wasn't my fault. Just don't tell anyone, okay? What do you do? Uh, Mercury and Theophilus share a look. And Mercury says very quietly that I didn't see anything if you didn't see anything. Deal. Okay. Uh, good. And you're not in trouble if you didn't see anything. And Professor uh, Starcast is going to stride away rapidly, glancing behind her. Now, I'm going to add another... This is this mysterious... I'm going to add another question to the mystery sheet. What did Professor Starcast think you saw? And that can be answered in the future. Professor Starcast turns the corner and disappears out of sight. Now, you still were caught by a professor out of bounds late at night. And so I'm going to add some misadventure to the castle sheet. And a misadventure is a score that kind of lets you know how far you're pushing the line, how likely it is for you to get in real trouble. Um, and it, kind of, it can kind of build up. And that's why you use the mischief managed uh, or managing mischief chapter to kind of reduce misadventure. And so I'm just going to add misadventure. So your misadventure is now one. And misadventure is always uh, added by one plus the amount of trouble on your list. Um, but you have a misadventure of one. And it starts low and it gets, it gets more difficult to handle before things break and you get the tension. The castle is now silent once again. And I assume you continue to make your way towards the third floor. But please let me know if, you, if your path moves. Do we go back? Uh, no, but you better get your cat. <laughs> your cat is climbing up the tapestry. All right, we go, we go forward then. All right. So I'm, I'm curious how you're planning to find this uh, dimensional portal. Did you have like a, a thought on your strategy for that or um, the, the manner? Thankfully, this school gives everyone... A general map of where to find their classes and other important places in th- within the school. The broom cupboard, of course, is not on the map as it is a dangerous place that students should not go. But before we have left our lounge, both of us have marked some potential places on the third floor corridor where it might be. Okay. So you're going to check one at a time. Mm-hmm. So you are, in a sense, investigating. And um, I always ha- I have you roll the dice when there's a chance of things 
getting going wrong or going complicated or fun. So I think this is another thing uh, to roll the dice on. Would do you have um, any spells you would like to use to help help this process? Well, I'm thinking it's pretty dark, so I probably should magnify my vision uh, so that we can, you know, make it through without running into any more professors uh, and find that 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 broom closet. Oh, that makes sense. And I'm actually I'm realizing now so on your character sheet go ahead and make that uh, spell bonus a plus one instead of a plus zero and um, you too Jesse so your starting spell gets a little All bonus right. to it alright so you've cast the spell which gives you tunnel vision but it magnifies your vision until, until our goal is completed okay so I'm going to have you go ahead and uh, roll the ten side dice now, um, Mercury, you know, someone else is casting a spell. You might be wondering, you know, if how you can help, if at all. Um, and there is, in fact, if you desire, a way for you to help. I do. You see under friendship on your character sheet? Uh-huh. Te- the teamwork is magic ability. If, if you have a spell that's applicable, it lets you add the spell bonus of that spell to your friend's role, who's the one who's heading... The, uh, the task. If it makes sense or if it desires to do it for your spell. I'm actually not sure if it does or not, but I wanted to let you know that that's something you can do. And the cost for doing that, because we, you, you spend friendship to use this ability, is just equal to the spell bonus. Right now you have you don't have any friendship, but because you chose the My Spells Do the Trick studies, that, that lets you automatically gain friendship whenever you need to, once per session, if you ask another student character about their backstory. And there's other ways to gain friendship, and we'll go over that as we go. But I wanted to make that known to you. All right. All right. Theophilus. Yes. Can you roll the dice, please? I did, because I'm impatient. (laughs) Okay, no worries. (laughs) And I got an eight. Excellent. An eight is exactly what you need. So... You've magnif- your vision has been magnified. I'm curious, what is the odd goal you've kind of fixated on until it's complete? Well, the unfortunate side effect of magnifying my vision is seeing all the gum stuck in the crevices along the corridors. And I just have to <laughs> clean it out and make a giant gumball. Squishy, squishy. <laughs> so you're cleaning out this gum. There's lots of it. And then your eyes kind of light upon... A shimmer beneath one of the doors. Now, this is a shimmer that is nigh imperceptible to normal eyes. But with your spell, there's something under that door that's magical. Well, I definitely announced this to Mercury. Hey, there's some glitter magic happening over there. We should go check it out. But wait, one last piece of gum for my collection. <laughs> Even though Mercury is very anxious about all this going on, she's still like, yeah, let's do it. But the door doesn't open. Oh, it doesn't. What are you going to do about that? So it kind of gets stuck. Uh, Well, I think, thankfully, my toaster-sized rhino has been (laughs) trotting along joyfully with us, spearing that gumball for me so I don't have to carry it the whole time. And we decide to let him try and ram it open. Although okay. a small guy, he has some might. Okay. 
I think that makes sense to me. And you've already discovered the location of it. Um, so I think your rhino can definitely successfully ram a little uh, toaster-sized hole in it. Um, <laughs> but because it's locked, it might cause some noise. So, backs up. It charges forward and crash. Uh, yes. And it breaks through the door, a little toaster rhino-sized little shape. And kind of skids the hole outside. And it it makes uh, the sound rhinos make in distress. Um, I don't know what that that is. Make up a noise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how terrible! My baby. And like kind of like you know when like a cat's like trying to get across a wooden floor and it's kind of like skittering. But that's like its little hooves as it's trying to stop itself. Um, and then you hear a growling roar from inside the closet and ruckus and rattle and your little rhino's running around but you can't quite see what's going on um although as opposed to rhino the toaster size hole I think you, one could look in there and, and see what's up and maybe even reach the doorknob what do you do? um thankfully one of the few spells that Mercury has managed to memorize from this week allows her to speak with an animal. That's really true. So this is a prime opportunity to cast that spell and try to convince the toaster-sized rhino to come back out into the hallway. Now when you talk, do you also make a noise like the in distress toaster-sized rhino? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Wonderful. Well, because you're using magic, I can tell you the, uh, this is basically guaranteed to work. But how it works is going to be up in the air. Okay. So, please go ahead and roll the dice. I rolled a nine. Excellent. You're very successful. Well, what do you want to say to the rhino? You hear, help? Oh my god, oh my god, what is this thing? Help! <laughs> follow, the, follow the sound of my voice. Come back through the, through the hole. Come back into the hallway where you are safe. Also, what is in there? It's going to scamper towards you. Actually, now that you mention it, I think this is an excellent, mysterious event. So we're going to write down what's in the closet. And as the rhino comes out of the closet and it skitters out, you're kind of, this is almost by rolling this, you're investigating what's in the closet. So, and you rolled successfully. That means you, as Jesse, get to answer the question, what is in the closet? There, while... The rhino doesn't have very good sense of sight. They have an excellent sense of smell. And they describe to me some kind of dark creature that smells of death and rot. With a hint of boysenberry bubblegum left over. Yes. <laughs> oh dear. Now, Mercury, from your studies, what dark creature that smells of rot and poisonberry bubblegum. Uh, is there a creature that comes to mind, specifically? My guess, considering the size of the door, the uh, length and width of the door, I suspect it is a vampire, but I have not read that chapter of the book yet, so this is just... Well, you're, you're the author of this book, basically, <laughs> we all are, so it's a vampire. So Mercury does not know necessarily it's a vampire, but we know it's a vampire. It is a vampire. Goodness gracious. Oh, my. What a twist. Uh, 
Yeah, so, and so, although I think it's very fair to say that Mercury has a sneaking suspicion, especially as you hear from behind the door, where do my rhino go? (laughs) 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 I wish to feast on rhino blood. And the doorknob clicks open and it starts to turn. What do you do? Run. Well, uh, my protective instincts kick in and as the door opens, I use my wand and the little bit of magic I can do and emit some sparks that (laughs) temporarily blind the vampire as we run. Yes. So you're beating it down the hallway, shooting sparks of your behind you and here ah <laughs> my eyes um, <laughs> um you can beat it back down out of the third floor corridor but you, I guess you can kind of see the door open and the vampire stepping out of the por- interdimensional portal as before you you get out of there but the running the rhino slamming thing is it's causing a clatter and as you're making your way outwards, I assume back to the common room, maybe? Yes, ideally. You will have the misfortune of skidding into the same hallway as the school's uh, resident talking dog, who is actually a professor. Nice. Mr. Um, Mr. Ruffles. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mr. Ruffles. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Uh, Ruffles, uh, back is turned to you as you kind of skip the corner, and he's between you and the common room door. And you can say him, something's going on, but it's like in a very posh British accent. Uh, something is going on here. I blame that uh, Theophilus kid, because I believe one of your happenings is the professors are, always, are blaming you. Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) And he starts to sniff the air. What do you do? I ask Mercury to hand me that letter she was telling me about earlier. And I start waving it in the (laughs) air because it has a, you know, a lovey-dovey perfumey scent to mask my own from Professor Ruffles. You know, it makes sense that it have perfume in it. Uh, So I think that's fun and I'm going to allow it. Yeah, so you're putting kind of perfume in the air as you maybe go hide behind one of the statues and the professor's like, oh, what is that horrid scent? And he's going to kind of like uh, move off down the hallway, laying the way free. So I think at this point, well, is there anything you want to do or say to each other before I turn the page and we end the chapter? I suggest that next time we pretend that we're sleepwalking and see if that works. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. And also, we need to prepare some better spells for sneaking out. (laughs) To the library! All right. (laughs) Not right now, Yeah, but eventually to the library. (laughs) Also, as we're on our way back in, I notice a very large, flattened gumball stuck to Mercury's shoe and (laughs) to help her scrape it off in all of the hurrying. That's lovely. So, the way it kind of works is, uh, the chapter ends mostly once you've cleared the chapter goal, or the um, game runner uh, kind of feels the, like, narrative 
moving on or either the tension lowering. So we're going to end the chapter. But what we do at the end of every chapter is we do something called end of chapter bookkeeping. And the first step uh, with an end of chapter bookkeeping is we check how much friendship you have. But that's okay. You don't have any friendship. Well, you have, you might have some. But the second step is awarding merits for interesting gameplay. And I award you each a merit. Acting like juvenile wizards, exploring a new part of the castle, facing terrible danger, and completing the chapter goal are all ways that you can be awarded a merit. If one student character is awarded a merit, everyone is basically, all together. So, uh, would you say you acted like juvenile wizards? I guess so, you kind of snuck out. <laughs> and then you explore a new part of castle, you definitely did. You faced a terrible danger. I think because, because there's a vampire involved now, that's definitely a terrible danger. And you completed the chapter goal, you found the dimensional portal. So, all four of those, that means you get four merits, which means you are awarded for friendship. So on your character sheet, you can just little, uh, check the little friendship boxes. And for the listeners at home, friendship is the resource, uh, the resource spent to use special abilities that are all friendship-themed. Friendship really is magic. All right, sorry. It is. All right. The third step of the inner chapter bookkeeping we've awarded, we got friendship, is to check if misadventure increased during the chapter, and it did because you got found by the um, teacher. And if it did, we're going to do two things. We're going to add a trouble to the castle sheet, and a trouble is something that I, as the gamer, can pull from and put in front of your path, and it's more difficult to get around. So for, you know, in this case, um, you got found by a teacher out of bounds. And, um, well, specifically, it was Professor uh, Starcast, who suspects you have seen something they don't want you to see. So they're kind of suspicious of you. They're threatened by you, actually. And what that means is, in our interactions, I can use that to make an interaction with Professor Starcast more difficult. Or I can, like, uh, if I, I, the game calls for something to be put between you and your goal, I can, like, throw Professor Starcast in there. And you can get rid of trouble by taking the uh, magic mischief chapter. So, Starcast is threatened by you. That's kind of like a permanent thing for now about the school. And then finally, here's the fun part. We're going to check, we're going to roll for consequences. So, um, let's see. Mercury, could you roll, uh, roll the dice, please? What you're trying to do is get higher than your misadventure. Your misadventure is only one right now. All right, yeah, I rolled a three. Right, so you're good. But as you can see, the higher your misadventure gets, the more likely you are to get in tr- you know, when you roll for consequences, get the tension. So it starts building up, and you're trying to manage that while trying to solve the mystery before the school year runs out. And finally, this is the coolest step of ending a chapter. We get to name the chapter, like if it was part of a book. So if you can you can see here, I'm showing I'm showing them a little sheet that has the seasons of the year and all the chapters with little spaces for naming. Does anyone have an idea of what, if this was your fan fiction, what would you name it? Let's see. Well, we found a vampire in a closet. There are so many hijinks. (laughs) So I think clearly we gotta, we gotta name this chapter Trapped in the Closet. I think we just gotta. Yeah, Trapped in the Closet. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Very (laughs) succinct to the point. 
trapped in the closet. That chapter comes in, and we would pass the wand to the next person. So, Jesse, uh, you would take the wand next. Now, I, I know we're coming up on our time in about 20 minutes, but I'd be curious what uh, how would you, what chapter you would like to go to if we were continuing to play. Ooh. So you have Magic School Days. That's Slice of Life. Get more spells. Um, spot of Research. If you fail at something, you can go and get, get better. Managing Mischief. That would help you remove the... Help you deal with Professor Starcast and his threat, being threatened by you and your misadventure. Um, you just did Late Night Investigation. You can do it again. And Fireside Speculation, where you get to add your own questions about the mystery. Oh, I think I gotta go with a spot of research because we are woefully underprepared for how to deal with <laughs> things in the castle. I, I think that is a correct assessment. Although spot of research, uh, specifically what happens when you fail at something permanently so you can, I can go it again. So I think magic school days is a thing that would let you become prepared, I think. Mm. Okay. Well then it would be it would be it would be magic school days magic outside of school days because it would be going to the library on the weekends <laughs> yeah so i guess uh, first question as the wand holder where are we in the library where in the library what does it look like it is a few days after our misadventure and mercury is trying to brainstorm some useful spells about that seem like they could come in handy like conjuring some rope or how to make someone invisible. <laughs> That's that, Those are all great spells. So you have your books everywhere. You're pouring through them. And um, that's when Drusilla Dower strides up to you and says, did you put this in my locker? And she ha- hands out an uh, envelope very identical to yours that you got. Oh, Mercury is flustered because she would like to have put that note into uh, Drusilla's Now's locker. Now's your chance. Now's your chance. But it's also like, it's the same weirdly romantic slash creepy language. And that is just not her style. So she is torn between what to say and is too flustered to say anything else. And an awkward amount of time is passing. <laughs> Drusilla is going to like kind of tap her foot and then be like, well, I will take your flabbergasted silence as an admission of guilt. I accept. And she holds out her arm. (laughs) Research forgotten. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Mercury is deeply flushed, but also looks at Thelophilus, who is also like... Whatever emoji you would like to add as your, um, as your face right now. <laughs> I don't know that I have an emoji, but I think during that awkward stage, I just very wide-eyed looked from one of you to the other to the other. And then I whipped out my self-starting sketchbook <laughs> to forever immortalize <laughs> your love-struck state. Uh, Mer- Mercury stands up with her bag and with a... Awkward pat on the shoulder to Thelophilus, uh leaves. Still having no idea what is happening. Exactly. Along for the ride. So you and Drusilla go off to do whatever the letter promised you would, but I'm sure you would able to you were able to get some studying done before that happened. And this is a uh, 
Magic School Days chapter. And in Magic School Days chapters, some, uh, they have, each chapter has special rules. And this one specifically is you get to mark a homework as done. And so on your character sheet, next to the spells, there's a little circle that says homework. You can check that off. And what that means is that at any point, you can make a spell for that slot. You can do that now, the immediate time, once you get the homework like marked off, you can do that immediately, or you can save it and wait to be like Hermione and like know the exact perfect spell that's needed conveniently right now. I will, I will be making. Sh- I will be holding on to that mark so I can come up with the most perfect spell at the at the at the correct moment. And I mean, Theophilus has no patience. So of course, when you were walking <laughs> away in your dazed, love-struck stupor, consensually, of course, mm-hmm. you knocked over a book, and it just so happens to fall <laughs> to the perfect page with the uh, with the spell called Homonoctis, which helps you become invisible <laughs> when you close your eyes. But you reappear when you open them. <laughs> and he thinks this sounds like a great thing to have up your sleeve. So Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that would be a... That, st- that spell starts as a plus zero um, spell bonus. Um, and you can go ahead and record that right down there. Well, armed with your new spells, and on a date, uh, going by the, flying by the seat of your pants... <laughs> Your, your time at Wizard School is off to a great start. And if we were playing the whole game, we had moved the entire school year, moving from to winter to spring and then fall. And hopefully we would be able to figure out who stole or why the uh, broom ball trophy was stolen uh, before it's too late. Thank you both for playing. I really enjoyed it. I think you're very fun players. You have exciting characters. Thank you so much for agreeing to to do this. It was great to have a knowledgeable uh, headmaster for this. I've done a lot of video game RPGs, but this is like my first time doing a like run through of a like tabletop RPG. So it's pretty exciting. Oh, that's great. Well, I'm so glad to hear. I always love playing with new folks because their experiences can be so different and wonderful. Yeah, I'm... I'm like fairly new um just started playing dungeons and dragons with some friends um but i love how much more accessible this feels as somebody new like you can immediately jump in and you're creating the world around you so i don't have to know what the hell an owlbear is or any of that beforehand (laughs) (laughs) which is beneficial (laughs) and you guys were naturals like you know jesse saying that the door was locked like that's perfect storytelling right there and theo using your rhino Excellent and hilarious. I was ex- yeah, that was really great. <laughs> it was almost teacup size. That wouldn't have worked out as well. <laughs> well, thank you for having me on. I'm really proud of the game, um, and I'm excited to show it to people. Yeah, no, this 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 is this is excellent, and yeah, we're gonna be um, linking for where people can buy the game. Uh, Tanner, where can people find the game if they have listened to this and they decided that they too would like to um, create their own? Magic School Mystery. Well, you can just Google Magic School Mystery. I think it's one of the first or second results. Or magicschoolmystery.com, spelled how it sounds. Um, And you can get uh, a a free demo. You can get a PDF or the physical book, which at this point is full color. And it's very exciting. Oh, nice. There's lots of beautiful illustrations in it. Definitely recommend checking it out. 
And yeah, yes. Thank you so much. Theo, thank you so much. I don't know if there's anything you would like to promote or where people can find you, but if if you would like to be found on the internet. I'd like to be found at life, but for now on the internet <laughs> is fine. At Theo Julian Forrester on Instagram. Occasionally smart work goes up. Maybe you'll see some sticker designs if you're part of the sticker club. Um, but otherwise, always happy to come and participate. Thank you. And then I won't do it, but I want to make the sad rhino noise outro. <laughs> we'll just we'll just edit that in as the outro. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Thank you, thank you. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of The Gaily Prophet. Uh, don't forget to check the show notes for all of the information, including Theo mentioned the sticker club in his sign off there. And if, in case you didn't know what he's talking about, it is the fact that we as a podcast have a sticker club and Theo and I design all of the stickers and they're super cute. And it's a great way to support us if you don't want to or can't join our Patreon um, and you get a sticker in the mail every month and they're funny and gay and cute and sparkly and all sorts of fun stuff. So, you know, that's there. And don't forget to be on the lookout for those other special things that I mentioned in the top of the episode. And yeah, until next time.